Hagrid's um, fart, am I right? What a name. All right, I want to ask you guys a question, see how well you guys know me. What do you think my first job was? Just call it out, shout it out. What do you think my first job was? Uh, Nate says to make my bed, kind of. Subway. Jake knew the answer. My first job was Subway. Um, actually, that's not true. I did work at a cafe washing dishes for a little bit, but that went really badly. I dropped a chopping board on the chef's hand. Don't ask about it. But then I worked at Subway, uh, and I want to tell you a little bit about it. You might, you might not know this, but at Subway, my job is the sandwich artist. I also have a few other jobs there. I had to uh, make sure that uh, the shop was always up to standard, all right? Um, and so, occasionally, every like three months or so, a health inspector would come in, and they would walk around the, the shop, and they'd make sure everything was up to standard, right? And so, I get rusted on for this shift, um, and, and I get told by my boss, clearly, Jordan, make sure the shop is up to standard. And so, I'm like, no worries. I got that. I mop. I vacuum before I mop. Uh, I wipe all the benches clean some walls, put all the food out, and I'm like, standard set. This is how it should be. The shop looks spotless. I feel good about it. The health inspector came in, and I wasn't even worried. I was just out there making sandwiches, wrapping wraps, not very well. I don't think anyone knows how to wrap a wrap at Subway well. They never survive. But I'm doing it, and then I'm like out of the corner of my eye. I'm watching the health inspector over there, and he pulls out like this checklist. It's like one of those like scrolls that goes forever. It's like the longest piece of paper you've ever seen. It's just got like a thousand things in it, and I was like, mops, vacuumed, wiped benches, and I was like, there's more things I didn't know about this. And so he starts going through, and he, he walks out the back of the shop and opens the freezer and just starts checking all the used-by dates of all the things in the freezer, and I was like, well, I didn't know that that was a thing we had to check at Subway, so there's a job I haven't done. And then he pulls out like this like thermometer. Do you know the one they like check your forehead with from a distance? He pulls that out, and he starts like checking all the temperatures of all the food in the bay, and I was like, well... Didn't know you had to do that. He's just doing all these things. Turns out, I had not gotten the shop up to standard. I wasn't even close. And, and so this health inspector calls my boss, lots of trouble, lots of trouble. See, meeting the standards matters. Knowing the standards and meeting them actually really matters. Think about it with me, a firefighter. Does the standard not matter for a firefighter? Imagine a firefighter that you call that doesn't know how to drive, can't climb a ladder, and doesn't know how to work a hose. Not a good firefighter. You need them to meet the standard. Think about a doctor. Imagine you're, you're laying down for surgery, and the doctor walks in, and they're like wiping some mustard and like ketchup off on their shirt, and they're like, all right, which kidney are we taking out? And you're like, toenail. I've got an ingrown toenail. No kidneys. I want both of my kidneys in. See, like the standard for something matters. Do you, do you see that? What about God's standard? What about the standard to enter the kingdom of heaven? I can, depending on which one of you guys I ask, you have a different answer. So I think, I think some people would say, everyone gets in. The standard is, you all get in. Some people would say, if you only just did enough good things, well then, then that would be the standard. Some people, you just haven't thought about it. But today we're going to go, we're going to look at what you think. <laughs> what do you think the standard is? In Matthew 5, we're going to see exactly that standard. We're going to see the standard God has for His kingdom. And so what is it? Perfection. It's being perfect. Check it out in verse 20. 
Crack it open. Matthew chapter 5, verse 20. This is Jesus speaking in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, For I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you certainly, or you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. The standard is to be more righteous than the Pharisees. Now, the Pharisees were the religious leaders of the time. They were these guys that loved rules. They loved rules, all right? Um, and they made sure everyone else was following the rules too. So they followed them, and they made sure everyone else was. So all the people that Jesus is talking to here, Pharisees, and they go, oh, they're the righteous ones. They're the ones that follow the rules perfectly. And Jesus says, to be in the kingdom, you have to be more righteous than those guys? Yes. <laughs> exactly that. That is exactly what he says. He goes on, and he says over and over what he means. He keeps telling us in different ways. He says, you've heard the law that you shouldn't murder. I say, don't even be angry at a brother or sister. Can I ask you, have any of you been angry? Jesus goes on, and he says, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery. Don't, don't fall into sexual sin. But Jesus says, no, even if you look at a person lustfully, you've already committed adultery. Have any of you done that? Thought about someone in the wrong way? Or, or you've heard it said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. Well, Jesus takes it further again. He says, I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Do you guys love and pray for those who don't have your best interests at heart? <laughs> Do you get what Jesus is saying? The standard is way, way higher than you think it is. And then he finishes in verse 48. Flick over the page. Check it out. The end of chapter 5, verse 48 says this. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. So what's the standard of the kingdom? Perfection. Be perfect. Be perfect. And do you feel the problem with that? We can't do it. We can't be perfect. We fall far, far short of that. Have you guys ever heard of um, the Thai cave rescue? Bunch of, okay, let me tell you about it. There's, uh, there were these 12 schoolboys uh, and a soccer team. And what they would do after every soccer practice, they would get on their bikes and they would ride to their favorite cave. There's a cave nearby. And they'd walk into the cave and they would write things on the walls. And that was what they did for fun. Um, and their coach would go with them. Uh, and so one day they did that after practice. They went into this cave. They're writing on the walls. And suddenly, it starts flooding. It's like that. Like, you're sunny. And then suddenly it's raining and there's water everywhere. And so they're in this cave writing. And suddenly water is rising in this cave. Water is rising and rising and rising. And so they have to go further back, further back, further back into this cave until finally, they're trapped. They're trapped in this cave. It's pitch black. It's pitch black. They have no food. <laughs> they can't see around them. And they have no way of asking for help. No way of contacting people outside for help. Now, that's not a good situation to be in, is it? For some of you might be thinking, that's not that big of a deal. It's just water. I've seen water before. Why can't they swim out? Maybe they could just swim out through the water back to the front of the cave. Problem solved. Fair play, fair play. Um, or maybe... Maybe they could just dig their way out. It's just like a cave. Maybe there's like some mud, dig their way out. Easy. Or maybe they just haven't looked around enough. 
if they just look around, they'll find a passageway and they can walk out of the cave at a different exit. Let me say, all fair thoughts. All fair thoughts. This is the reality of their situation. So they were, um, they were four kilometers back in this cave. They were four kilometers back. And so not only, not only can these boys not swim, they don't know how to swim. So it doesn't really matter how far it is, they couldn't get through that water. No, they're four kilometers back, and it would take a trained Navy SEAL diver multiple hours with a tank of air to get to where those boys were. Swimming out, not an option. Well, maybe you go back to your digging out option again. Maybe they could dig out. Well, you'll notice they're a kilometer below the surface. <laughs> they are one kilometer below, so they can't dig out either. <laughs> There's no option for them. They are stuck. They are truly stuck and trapped. Get this. Those boys could never, they could never save themselves from that situation. And we're just like them. Just like them. We are further below God's standards than we could ever realize. See, the standard is perfection. And we are so far below that. It's as if we're, we're buried deep under our failure. So hear this clearly this morning. You're not good enough for the kingdom. You can't meet the standard of the kingdom. And you never will be able to. Not on your own, no. Just like the people stuck in the cave, kilometers back from the exit, we are miles below God's standard. And doesn't, it kind of rings true as you hear that though, doesn't it? Think about it with me. Who's ever gone a day without lying? <laughs> Or, or feeling angry, or thinking lustful thoughts, or hating people who Jesus says you should love, or feeling jealous. Who's ever done a day without that? If you think you have, you might be sitting there being like, yeah, I could do that. Well, do it today. Think about it today. Try to do it. Or try to do it for fat. You can't. You can't do it. See, the reality of our situation is that we are below the standard. We aren't even close to it. None of us are worthy of the kingdom. Now, that's heavy. That is a heavy truth to hear. And so, what was needed from us was perfection. And none of us have met the standard. And so, what, what should God do? What does God do? Well, in light of this, in light of us falling short of the standard, God displays the greatest act of love the world has ever seen. You see, Jesus was perfect for us. He did live the perfect life. He did meet the standard of perfection that tells us in this passage. Chapter 5, verse 17. Have a look at it. Do not, this is Jesus talking again, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. See, Jesus is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. And, and that's a bit of weird language for us. We don't talk about law and prophets very often. But when he says law and prophets, what he's saying is, the Old Testament, he's talking about all the stuff that comes before Jesus in the Bible. All of that stuff. And Jesus is saying... He fulfilled all of it. And the standard in the Old Testament, get this, what Jesus fulfilled, the standard of the Old Testament was the same as it is now. 
perfection. Check out Leviticus 19, 37. It says, this is God telling His people the standard. He says, keep all my decrees and all my laws and follow them. I am the Lord. Now, notice He doesn't say keep most <laughs> of my laws. No, He doesn't say keep some of my laws. No, keep all. Keep all of them. And Jesus did. In fact, that's what the whole Old Testament is telling us. It's telling us that Jesus is going to come and do that. Check it out with me. I've got some examples. Isaiah 53, 4, says this. Surely He took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet, we considered Him punished by God, stricken by Him and afflicted. Tell me who you think this sounds like. Years before Jesus ever came. But He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities or our transgressions, our sins. The punishment that brought us peace was on Him. And by His wounds, we are healed. Now, I don't know if you're reading it the same way, but that's Jesus. <laughs> that's talking about Jesus. Well, keep going. Verse 10 of chapter 53 says this, Yet it was the Lord's will to crush Him and cause Him to suffer. And through the Lord, and though the Lord makes His life an offering for sin. That's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. Or check out Jeremiah 31. I'll put it up on the screen. It says this, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant, a new promise with you, with the people of Israel, with the people of Judah. And then down at verse 34, it says, For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Do you see it? The whole Old Testament, this book written hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus, is all talking about Jesus. The whole Old Testament points to Jesus. And it points forward to Him perfectly fulfilling the standard. Perfection. But why? Why did Jesus have to come and perfectly fulfill God's standard? Well, it's because of you. It's because of me. <laughs> See, because we could never meet the standard, of require, the, the standard required of the kingdom, but Jesus could. Jesus could. He lived the perfect life. He was perfect as the Father is perfect, and He did it for you, for me. When He died on the cross and He rose from the dead, He did it to give us His perfect life. See, I want to show you that. I brought this book. This was um, the biggest book I could find. So, imagine this book here is a book, it's all about, uh, say, my life. It's all about me. As you flick through it, you go, it tells you all about all the times that I've lied. <laughs> all the times I've been angry, all the times I've been jealous, all the times I've thought thoughts I shouldn't think, all the times I've done things I shouldn't do. This book goes on and on and on. This book is filled with all of the times I've been a rebel and rejected God. <laughs> Imagine this is your book. All the times you've done that. Man, it's a big book, isn't it? And, so, and this is you. And so your book, your book of all the times you've, you've sinned and rejected and rebelled God, it sits here between you and God. It sits here between you and God, and it's a barrier. It's a barrier. See, this is the book that says, hey, you haven't met the standard. You haven't done it. You weren't good enough. You weren't perfect. 
And this book just sits here and is a reminder of that. It's this barrier that blocks you, and you can't have a relationship with God because of it. But you see, the other hand here, this is obviously a hand, but this is Jesus. And in this hand, see, this is Jesus' book. Perfect. Not a page, not a sentence, not a word, not a letter. Perfect. And you see, what Jesus did when he died on the cross, when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for all of our sin. He took on all of the times we were a rebel, all the times we didn't meet the standard. He took them on himself for us. And he paid the price for it. But you see, the thing that you need to notice is when he did that, and when he rose from the dead and he beat death, I don't know if you can see it, but he gave, he gave you his book. <laughs> That's what's on offer. You see, the reason that Jesus had to be perfect, the reason Jesus had to come and live the perfect life was so that you might have his perfect life. So that it might be on offer for you. So I hope you're starting to realize how incredible the news of, of the gospel is. See, you might even be wondering, you said I can, I can have Jesus' book, I can have his perfect life, because he's done it for me, but, but how? How is it that I can have that, that I can become a citizen of the kingdom? Well, let me tell you. So you, ne- you need to realize that you can't do it on your own. You need to realize that you haven't met the standard that you haven't been perfect and that you actually can never meet that standard. And you need to trust that Jesus did that for you. (laughs) You need to trust that he's your saviour and you need to decide to have him as the Lord of your life. And get this, if you choose to do that, well, you're a citizen of the kingdom. (laughs) You're you're a Christian. You're one of God's children. And that is the best news ever. We would love to celebrate that with you. It is the best news we we could ever hear. But you see, there is one more thing. There's a final piece to this puzzle that we still need to unpack, and that's this. See, as citizens of the kingdom, we now follow the king of the kingdom, right? So as citizens of the kingdom, Jesus is our Lord. He's our king. And so we need to be people that follow him. Because you see, we, we did get Jesus' perfect life as we became a Christian, as we trusted in Jesus. But the standard didn't change. See, the standard is still be perfect. It's just that Jesus has done it for us. So verse 48, where it says, be perfect, therefore as your heavenly Father is perfect. That's still true. Be perfect. And so, this is a call for us to live as our Father commands us to it, to live like Jesus. And so check out a bunch of different ways Jesus tells us that in here. Check out verse 22. Jesus says, verse 22, I tell you, anyone who's angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. And so don't be angry with a brother or sister. That's a real command that Jesus is calling you to follow. Verse 28 tells us to be pure in the way that we think about each other. Verse 39, don't retaliate when you're persecuted. Verse 43, love and pray for your enemies, for those who don't have your best interests at heart. See, these are hard commands to follow. And we've already seen that. Yet as citizens of the kingdom, it's the way we should strive to live. 
Look how far he goes in verse 29. Check out verse 29. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for all of your body to be thrown into hell. You need to gouge your eye out if it causes you to stumble. Or verse 30, check that out. If your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. Throw it away. You guys ready to do that? Gouge out your eyes, cut off your... No, don't do that. But, but Jesus is saying that is how seriously we should take sin. We should be people that would lose everything before we let ourselves fall into sin. Is that how you think about fighting sin? See, if it, if it isn't, or if it, if it hasn't been, well, start today. Start today. Be someone who fights against sin in your life, who is striving to be like their father. Perfect. You see, we saw yesterday, you get to live the best life. And the way we do that is following Jesus as our Lord. We get to follow Jesus as our Lord alongside our brothers and sisters in Christ. And there's no better life you could live. You see, let me, let me unpack a few ways this part of the Bible should change how we're living. Let's think about anger. This calls us to not be angry. Are you the type of person who is quick to get angry? Is that the type of person that you are who jumps straight to attack others? In a fat game, if someone does something to upset you, you go straight to anger. That's your response. Or if another girl says something you don't like or acts in a way that upsets you, is your response anger, frustration? Jesus is saying that's not what a Christian's like. Learn to be someone slow to anger, who, who forgives others, who loves others as Jesus loved you. Be aware of how you respond. And, and if you can't be in a situation that just keeps making you angry, cut your hand off, not literally, but get away from that situation. Remove yourself. It's just not worth it. Or, or ask your friends to be honest with you. See, just... You need to do what you need to do to not be someone who is quick to anger. Or how about lust? Inappropriate thoughts. Pornography. You see, Jesus says, stay clear of those. A citizen of the kingdom has nothing to do with them. If these things are an issue for you, you need to hear this. Get help. Get help this week. What better place than to cry out and say, I need help with these things, with lust, with inappropriate thoughts, with, with pornography. Use this week to get the help you need. Go to the seminars today. They'll be the perfect place to think about these things and work out how you can live as someone who's killing those. It's serious. It's deadly serious. Strive to be like Jesus. Fight sin. Take it seriously. Now, for those of you are, who are here and, and wouldn't call yourselves Christians who aren't Christians, I hope you see the reality of your situation. I hope you see how far short of the standard you actually are. Do you see that by your own efforts, you can never reach the kingdom? You could never be perfect. You can't, I can't, none of us can. Because if you don't realize that truth, You'll never realize the amazing news, the news of what Jesus has done for you. So come to Jesus. 
come have life in Him. It's an offer to you. Come have forgiveness in Jesus. Do that today. I'm going to pray. Father God, um, God, we see how far short we fall of your standard. Um, we see that we're people who can't help but rebel against you. People who can't help but sin against you. And yet, in spite of that, in spite of the way that we treat you, you sent your son to die for us. That we could have his perfect life. So God, we pray that in light of that, you would help us to live lives like Jesus. Help us to be people who strive to fight sin and kill it in our lives and so that we might be people who love you and look more and more like you every day. Amen. Well, yeah, we've seen that. Um, yeah, we can't be good enough for God. Um, and we can't make it to the kingdom on our own.